At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Veasan, and guess what? Just another day in Denver sports where there is a ton to talk about. We got the new Broncos owner. The story may have broken. Talk about that in a second. Avs looking to get to the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. We'll break down the odds there on Bet Rivers. And my buddy Mark Springer, our Avs insider, is going to join me as well. Plus, a little bit of the Rockies, NBA Finals, and Tim Tebow to the Hall of Fame. First ballot? What? All right, we'll discuss on that later in the show. But here are the updated Broncos-Seahawks line for the season opener in Seattle. By the way, that's going to be the most hyped week one game in the schedule. And it might be the best game when it comes down to it on the schedule. Broncos. I saw this line at four. We're now at four and a half. Minus four and a half. For the Broncos on the road at minus 110. Minus 110 both ways, by the way. Minus 205 money line, 41 and a half. A low total there in week number one. But here's the big news. According to Forbes, Rob Walton, who's one of the heirs to the Walmart fortune. We've talked about him quite a bit on this show. He is expected to win the bidding for the Broncos at about $4.5 billion. So the report was between 4 and $5 billion. Here we are at $4.5 billion. There were several sports bankers telling Forbes in the winning bid expected to be announced as early as this month. So there's a lot of Broncos reporters out there that are saying this is a premature report, which they're actually on target there because nothing has been officially announced. And as of Monday, the bids were coming in. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Forbes is a highly, highly respected financial publication. 
They spoke to several sports bankers. A lot of people couldn't even read the story, okay? You click on the link. I'm a Forbes subscriber, so that's something else. And I also think this is the right choice. I think this is going to happen. I would say if there were betting lines coming into today, he was minus 500. Walton was minus 500 to own the Broncos. I think now he's probably about a minus 5,000 favorite to buy the Broncos. He is one of the guys that the NFL owners are dying to bring into their club. The richest NFL owner out there if he gets it. This makes perfect sense for the Broncos, for the NFL. So Nick Kosmider, respected reporter of the Broncos, no favorite has emerged at this time, I'm told. Process is still underway. But again, I'm going with the Forbes report on this one. Walton's brother-in-law is Stan Kroenke, owns the Nuggets, the Avalanche, the LA Rams. Now, the second bids to buy the Broncos do today. Now, the, the four bids, you've got Walton, you've got Josh Harris with the 76ers. You got Feliciano, uh, Jose E. Feliciano, just a billionaire, and Matt Eshibia. And those guys uh, are owners in sports franchises. So those are the four that we've got. But I think that you really can't quantify exactly what an owner is going to bring to an organization until you sit back and you look at this process over a number of years, okay? But if this bid came in at $4.5 billion, I wonder what it would have been if Russell Wilson wasn't here. Did he change it? Walton likely would have been in on the bidding anyways, but how much did Russell Wilson add to the value of the Broncos? I can't quantify it. I'm not good at math, but I'll say it had to do something with it, right? I mean, how much more attractive is this organization when they're on the cusp of actually being a winning franchise again? But it's been a monumental offseason for the Broncos. Outside of 2013, when Peyton Manning came over, this might be the most important offseason in franchise history. I mean, 2013 was huge. You get Peyton Manning, you win a Super Bowl. That changed the direction of the franchise for a long time, right? Because it gets you to where you need to be to win a Super Bowl. Um, and really, it was back in 2012, right? So 2012, 2013 is when it just went bonkers. And he wins the MVP. But let's go back to 2012 then. He comes out. He comes here. He puts the franchise on the right track. Get to a Super Bowl, lose. Get to a Super Bowl, win. Huge offseason, right? The results say that that was the most important offseason in 2012. But this could be a bigger deal because it steers the direction of the franchise for the next 20 to 30 years. So, again, when we're looking at this, you go back, you look at 2012, Peyton Manning comes to Denver. The franchise is in dire need of a quarterback. They're going nowhere. He signs two Super Bowl appearances, a Super Bowl win, and MVP. Again, we're looking at the results, though, from 2013. We're looking back. It was obviously a mono, monumental uh, moment in the franchise's history. But you do wonder if this offseason is going to be even more important, given that they got their quarterback, they got their new head coach, and in all likelihood, their new owner. We don't know if it's going to be a great thing or a bad thing, but things are definitely trending up with the Denver Broncos. So... All the dysfunction from the years past, I don't want to say it's gone, but it's starting to dissipate quite a bit, quite a bit. Uh, it's almost impossible 
to match what Pat Bolin accomplished. But Walton is inheriting a franchise in a much better place than where it was three months ago, just three months ago. Now, the four styles of leadership, their fourth styles of leadership, I'm not going to get into that. But Forbes says Walton subscribes to the humble servitude style of leadership. It's the job of leaders to listen to customers, listen to customers, listen to customers, and thereby establish a service spirit for the whole company. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, really a Walmart customer. Does he listen to him? The last time I was in a Walmart, there was an absolute disaster. Things were just thrown all over the place. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I don't want to be too hands-on with the team, but maybe you can clean things up a little bit. It won't be as much of a mess. Uh, anyways, Peter King. Football in America column. This was interesting. This came out this morning. And he says Walton is the fifth most influential person in the NFL. And here's what King actually said. It's interesting, the timing of these two things, right? Bidding for the Broncos due this month, Walton, America's 13th richest person, is the favorite to win. Okay. But whoever is declared the winner of the Broncos, likely by late August, the news that the projected $4.5 billion price tag will be almost exactly double what David Tepper paid for the Carolina Panthers, which was 2.275 mil. So even with an estimated $5 billion loss with the decline of Walton stock, okay, in the downturn here that we're having right now, his, his fortune is worth at least $60 billion. What did he lose? $10, $10 billion? Ho-hum, I can still buy a team. So listen, he's wealthy. He's liquid. He can, anything that happens, you know, you, you need a new stadium. All right. He could probably get you a new stadium. Anything you need with the amount of money that Walton has, you can get. The only question is, is he going to be able to invest that? Or does he want to invest in it to the point to where you need to be a great franchise? Is he going to put enough into it to be a great franchise? And I can't imagine a guy buying a team. With this type of hype, with this type of roster, energy, coach, general manager, and just coming in and laying an egg. We've seen it. I mean, at the time, they were the Washington Redskins 20-something years ago. Proud franchise. Dan Snyder bought them. They've been an absolute joke for the last 30 years, 20 years, 20-something years. Um, we've seen it in a lot of different places. You know, how is Seattle going to react? They've got new ownership, right? How uh, – Houston. Um just a, a lot of new ownership in the NFL. You don't know which way it's going to go. But it can't hurt to have the richest owner in the NFL on your side. Um, he's going to be the richest owner in the NFL. He just got a uh, $30.5 million richer, though. He sold his Aspen plot of land. So maybe that uh, maybe he needed an extra 30 mil to go get the Broncos. It's going to be interesting. And these are my final thoughts on this. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of owner he is. Is he hands-on? Is he hands-off? Does he want to build a new stadium? Does he embrace sports betting? Does he embrace fantasy football? You know, older gentleman, that doesn't mean that he can't embrace sports betting. You know, that's something that I'm interested in. Do, do, do we go to a new Broncos stadium where there's a, a couple of sports books in there and kiosks and all the other stuff? It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for Broncos fans out there. Lots of questions to answer, but this would be a major, major question mark that does get answered. All right, that was number one on the front range for four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's get to game number four, the Avalanche at the Oilers. I mean, this has been an absolute blitzkrieg to this point. 
eight six in game one and then the Avs defense has completely shut down the Oilers I want to get to the Evander Kane Nazim Kadri uh, controversy in just a second but here's the lines on Bet Rivers Avs on the puck line they got to win by two or more goals plus 170 minus 134 on the money line the total here is seven over is plus 112 under is 132 boy we've had a couple unders Everybody thinking, oh, 8-6, game one, this is going to be a shootout series. It hasn't been to this point. But the Avs have outscored the Oilers 16-8 to in the Western Conference Finals. They've only allowed two goals in the two games since the 8-6 win. Now, <laughs> it's just been absolutely amazing how good this team has been in this round. Only four teams in NHL history have erased the 3-0 deficit. I do not expect Edmonton to do this. Uh, they're not coming back. The abs are just too good. And for all the questions we had with Darcy Kemper in the second round and even early in game one in this series, Pavel Francouz has stepped up and he's coming off a shutout. And all of a sudden, they're looking like not only the most complete team in the NHL, but by far and away, like, can anybody beat this team? Well, Evander Kane tried to beat the team by uh, turning into Evander Kane again. This guy is a punk. I, he just is. I'm sorry to, to, to just say something personal about another guy, but I mean, he was released by the Sharks because he didn't want to, he, he violated the COVID protocols. He had a 21 game suspension for a fake vaccination card in October. Okay. His estranged wife filed a domestic violence restraining order against him back in September. This is all in the last few months. He abused an official. He was suspended three games for that. I mean, there's a laundry list of things that Evander Kane has on his resume. Now, he gave Kadri that cross-check right between the numbers in the back of his jersey. He went into the boards. Kadri did his left forearm, his left shoulder going into the boards first. Thank God it wasn't his face or his head. And Kadri was down. If you saw it, he was down for about a minute. He didn't come back. He's not coming back this series, and hopefully he'll be back when they make the Stanley Cup Finals, but there's no guarantee of that. Now, Kane had 13 goals and four assists in the 15 playoff games, okay? Through 12 games this year, Kadri, six goals, eight assists. Kadri is very, very important to this team, but I think the loss of Evander Kane is going to hurt them a lot more tonight than the Abs are going to get hurt by not having Kadri. And one more thought on this. What does it take to get a two-game suspension if cross-checking a guy into the boards may be the most dangerous play in sports, okay? If that is not enough to get a two- or three-game suspension, what is it? You have to behead somebody legitimately? Do you just have to take your stick, put some razors on it, and chop the dude's head off? One game? Are you kidding me? Well, hopefully the one game will be the end of Kane, and it'll be the end of Kane's career, too. Uh, is the series over tonight? I think so. Uh, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Okay. Edmonton completely stifled now offensively. They had scored two or fewer goals just two times over the first 13 games. So 11 games out of the 13, they had scored at least three goals. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Now the Oilers averaging 4.46 goals per game in the LA and Calgary series, Calgary, but, um, it's not happening anymore. It's just not happening. The defense has completely strangled Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, all of these guys, all of them. Now, who's going to replace Kadri? Is it Miko Rantanen, Miko the Frico, second line center? 
JT Comfort is getting some more time, and he's been remarkable. He'll probably stay as the third line center. How good this guy been, though? Huh? I mean, he went right up to Kadri's spot on the second line. He scored a goal. He's got three goals in the conference final and five in the playoffs. JT Comfort? This guy's been huge. So I think tonight the Avs just come out really pissed off. They're the better team, obviously. The Oilers are defeated. We've seen it in the last two games late where they've just gotten physical and personal and taken cheap shots. The play here for me, Avs minus 130. Good up to your threshold. It's at minus 134 right now. Minus minus 135. You want to get in at Bet Rivers? Go for it. It's as good a number as you're going to get that out there in the business. So Avs minus 134, since that's what the line is. That'll be my official play right now. Don't forget, still to come, my buddy Mark Springer, Avs Insider, host of the Avs postgame show Between the Pipes. He's going to join me in just a couple of minutes. Now, before we get into Josh Kroenke, the owner of the Nuggets and the Avs, and uh, talking about the Comcast dispute, Bet River Sportsbook, I want to tell you that you're home for betting on the pivotal Game 3 matchup between Boston and Golden State. And three is the magic number. When you bet on any player's total three-pointers prop bet, you get a free bet for every three made in the game. A free bet for every three made in the game. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. Bet on threes in game three. Score yourself free bets. Make your bets at BetRivers.com or the BetRivers app. Now, you got to be 21. You got to be located in Colorado. If you have a gambling problem, please, and I mean this in all seriousness, call one 800 522-4700. Speaking of the NBA, Nuggets and Avs owner Josh Kroenke on the Comcast dispute. So he finally talked. He talked, uh, was it last Friday, I want to say? Um, it was after I already taped the last show. And we had not heard from him since Tim Connolly bolted. Uh, Kroenke had a press conference, then he pushed it back, then he got the COVID. So it had been a long time coming, and that was fine, what he said about Connolly. You know, he missed him. He tried to get the offer in there. It just didn't work out. I didn't care about that. Uh, it's the Comcast dispute. Comcast, Dish, anywhere else you can't get the Nuggets because you can't watch the Nuggets and the Avs. 80% of you can't. Um, so here's what Kroenke said. He goes, I'm, as equally, I'm equally as frustrated as the fans are regarding Comcast. I don't doubt that, okay? I don't doubt that he's frustrated, but he's frustrated because... He, he can't get Comcast to succumb to his needs, to succumb to his demands. That's why he's frustrated. And the fans are frustrated because he won't take the time or take the hit or just do what's right and make the Nuggets and the Avs easily to wa easy to watch. I mean, look, I, I say it all the time and we keep saying it again. You haven't seen the two-time MVP, most of you in, in Denver. Most of you have not seen a team on the cusp of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals and maybe winning it all. The Nuggets had the lowest TV rating in the NBA uh, in the last uh, records back in February. Like, how is that possible? You got two-time MVP, a playoff team. And the Avs should have one of the highest television ratings in the league, but they don't. Can't see them. I mean, it's just, and here's Kroenke talking about the debacle, this altitude Comcast debacle hurting the team. He goes, I do worry that we're missing out on the long-term fan base. Yeah, he says he worries about it. Well, he should worry about it. It is hurting them. It'll absolutely hurt them. But while he worries about it, he's not doing anything about it. And he said they're engaging with streaming services to circumvent the altitude issue, but they're not there yet. So again, 
As much as the Cronkies have done to build two great sports franchises in Denver, it's just all for naught for 80% of us or 80% of you. I have, I, I have two different cable providers because of this. You know, the locals can't watch the two-time MVP and the possible NHL champions. Nobody wants excuses. I don't. And they got some from Kroenke, and ultimately the fans will continue to miss out on watching their favorite teams. That was number three on the front range. Four, four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number four is the Rockies off day today. Thank God. Woo! It has been rough to watch the Rockies. Uh, they start a three-game set tomorrow night in San Francisco. Remember, the Giants had won a dozen in a row against Colorado before the Rocks snapped the losing streak last month. Now, yesterday, it was an 8-7 loss to the Braves, and Atlanta swept the four-game series for the Rockies for the first time since 1993, since the first year of the Rockies. They get a four-game sweep in Colorado. So, how do you not win one of these games? Rockies have lost 11 of 14. They're on pace to finish 69 and 93. What I tell you, I wanted the uh, under 68 and a half wins. I mean, I, I can't find the number out there. They will have the readjusted numbers at the All-Star break. We'll see where the Rockies are, but they're in a they're in a funk now to where we can see them being you know one of the two or three worst teams in the league. Ugh. I mean, it's, you, you know, this, you either watch this team or maybe you're just so checked out on them. You don't watch this team and you don't even give a damn. And I don't blame you for that either. I mean, teams, my philosophy on this is teams need to earn your fandom. You know, you don't owe a, a team anything. You don't owe a franchise anything. They owe everything to you, but 23 and 31 for Colorado 426 win percentage, only the Cubs, the Reds, the Nationals and the Marlins are worse. And the Marlins and the Cubs are right on their tails. So maybe it'll be a bottom four team in Major League Baseball. Maybe bottom five. You know, I, I still say the Orioles are worse than them. The Royals are worse than them. The Tigers will be better than them. The A's are worse. The Nationals are worse. I don't know if the Reds are, by the way. The Reds, after that horrible stretch, at least have, have woken up a little bit, but they lost three in a row. All right, so I can name five teams worse than the Rockies for now, but it is going to be a long season. We know that. That's why I told you, go enjoy the start of the season when they got off to that great start. But I'll go out to course, just like everybody else, to go have a good time, watch a little baseball in the background, but that's not the main reason you go out to course anymore. Um, and it's time to see Ezekiel Tovar already. 20-year-old shortstop. He's a factor why the Rockies let Trevor Story walk. Don't get into it. Come on, Holden. Don't get into how upset you are that they got nothing for Trevor Story again. Anyways, Tovar is going to bring me out. The kid's just raking at double A. 20 years old in double A. 979 OPS, which is astronomical. 11 home runs already, 16 steals. Make it uh, home runs, steals. Hmm, who's that sound like? 186 at bats. He's going to bring me out. And Tovar is the second biggest prospect with the Rankie, uh, Rockies behind Zach Veen, the outfielder was the only higher-rated prospect in the organization. Let's go. Let's bring up Tovar. Let's go. Let's get Mark Springer on the show, our abs insider from Altitude 92.5. I got my best bet. What are his best bets? We'll find out next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and you'll receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. 
Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, as promised, our Avs insider. Mark Springer, Altitude 92.5. Check out the Avs postgame show, Between the Pipes. Sir, are you cleared to go back in person? Or are you still quarantined doing shows from your house? No, I am back in studio today. Uh, so we'll see. You know, I don't know how this virus works. I think it's mostly out of my system, but it uh, should be interesting. I'm going to feel real bad if anybody gets COVID because of me. But you know what? Them's the breaks. I got it so everyone else can get it too. I love I, I love your, uh, your just sacrifice for the good of everyone, huh? Um, before we get into the abs, this, you, you told me this is now a Walmart town with Walton buying the Broncos. Is that where we are? We're a Walmart town. Do you want to be known as a Walmart town? Yeah, we're a Walmart town, baby. Uh, uh, Stan Kroenke and that Walmart money owning the Avs and Nuggets. Now it looks like Rob Walton and that Walmart money is going to own the Broncos. I'm a big South Park fan. You ever seen that something Walmart comes this way episode? Uh, so, I mean, South Park, they're Denver guys. They're Evergreen guys. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a Walmart town, man, through and through. But here's the thing. I love Walmart. I shop at Walmart all the time. Best deals. Sure, they put the little guy out a little bit. But you know what? I don't care. I love Walmart. I shop there all the time. And come on, Rob Walton. Let's go. Let's go all in on this thing. Are you angling for a job with the Broncos or something? What, what is going on here? No, doing, we're already a Walmart company, KSE. So, it's a lateral move. It's Walmart everywhere, Holden. Well, he is uh, Kroenke's brother-in-law, so we got that working uh, here. I, just real quick, I said that this was this could be a more uh, impactful offseason than 2012 when Peyton Manning come here, and I got to get your thoughts on this. Like, So the process was get Peyton Manning, and then they got to two Super Bowls and won one, and then you can look at the results and say it was more important. But this, you get a new coach, a new quarterback, a new owner. This is going to be the more impactful one, right? Well, Peyton Manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Like, that's the mm-hmm. most important thing. And obviously, back then, they didn't know quite what his neck was going to be like, but turned mm-hmm. out to be A-OK. Now, how Peyton got his neck to be A-OK, I don't know. That's a story for another day. But his neck was A-OK, and so, therefore, he was operating at, you know, one of the highest levels that a quarterback could possibly operate at. So, We'll see with Russell Wilson. I mean, that's the key. The quarterback, the the guy on the field is the key. Obviously, it's the best the Broncos have done since Peyton Manning. It's the best the Broncos possibly could do right now. I think Nathaniel Hackett is a really good coach. I think he's got a good modern vibe to him. So that's another good component to have. And, yeah, I mean, with the owner, it's just going to be – you know, uh, how much is is Rob Walton going to want his fingerprints on everything – uh, how much of a football guy does he savvy himself to be? How smart does he think he is with the X's and O's? And and as a fantasy football owner, uh, that that'll that'll be the story. Is this a guy who's hands on and thinks he's a genius and knows everything and is overruling George Payton? I think that's the key. Is he going to overrule George Payton? I think if he's the type of guy who comes in and just lets George Payton do do his thing, and yeah, he wants to win, but he is also about making money and just operating the business aspect of this, then I think that everything will be fine as long as he lets George Payton do his thing. Someday, uh, Springer, you'll have a long time to talk about the Broncos, but for now, you get to talk about your avalanche. Things are going very well. Minus 134 in the money line. Hit that this morning at minus 130, so I'm kind of excited. 
Game number four tonight in Edmonton. You and I talked after game one and probably after the other games too, but like, oh, wow, high scoring series eight to six after game one. Well, wow, what a job this defense and Francois have done since then. Talk to me about those two things. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll start with Pavel Francois, and he's a guy that I've been high on for a, for a while now, ever since I've, I've gotten to know him. Uh, you know, he had a, a really good run in t- late 2019. He went 9-0-1 over 10 games. Uh, he In, in uh, February of 2020, before the shutdown, before the pandy hit, uh, he was the Western Conference Player of the Week in mid-February. So, like, he's had success in this league, but then in the back half of this season, he's been just okay. I'm talking about the regular season. He's been just okay. So, you know, I mean, I was a little concerned because he comes in in relief of Darcy in that game one and allows three straight goals to the Oilers where they make it a 7-6 to six game. And so, yeah, I, I, my faith in Francois wasn't super high. I was thinking that him versus Mike Smith would lend itself to more goals throughout the series. But I, I got to tip my cap to Pavel Francois. He's been really good just allowing two goals in the last two games. And then, yeah, the defense turned it on. You know, it's funny. You asked me uh, – you know, Jared Bednar said that he wants to tighten things up. And I said, okay, well, that's fun to say, but good luck doing it in practice against McDavid and Dreisaitl and Kane and, and and a pretty stacked offensive group. But they did it. I mean, Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, they are absolutely legit defensemen, a true number one pairing. So, I mean, that really has been the difference in this series is how the Avs defense responded after game one, which I didn't really see coming, but tip of my cap, they did it. Uh, and now the Oilers' defense has to respond. They don't quite have that personnel. I think this ends tonight, Holden. I, I think uh, uh, Avs on the money line, and it opened at about minus 125. And now I'm seeing it move up to about minus 135. So there are a lot of people out there, it looks like, who like it tonight. That's a little concerning, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I understand why. Now, my only concern is, does Evander Kane play in Denver? again in this series because he's only been suspended one game for that boarding on Nazem Kadri. And yeah, the abs will be without Kadri tonight, but they're deep enough that that doesn't really concern me. Will Evander Kane make another trip back to Denver where he gets his ass booed in front of the Denver fans? Uh, If Edmonton wins tonight, that will happen. Kane will play in Denver on Wednesday, but I say it doesn't happen. I think the abs have just put their foot down. I think it ends tonight. Not sure there was anything uh, more bushly than what we've seen from Kane the last two games, but isn't this to be expected? You know, there's a reason why this guy didn't have a job for a long time, right? And there's some major sh- shady stuff between the fake COVID card, the domestic abuse, the even a couple of years ago bullying the the referees. This is what you expect out of the guy. And Kadri is kind of that guy for the Avalanche, but he's not that cheap, right? I mean, I know he took a goaltender out, but at least that was accidental. Vander Kane has no business in the NFL, in the NHL. None. Yeah, he, shouldn't even be, he should have played his last game already. Yeah, I think you might be alluding to in game two, late in the game, when uh, the Avs were up 4 nothing. he laid uh, a clear intentional elbow on Kale McCarr. Yes. Like, that, to me, was something the NHL should, should have looked at, but they didn't. So you let this guy walk scot-free, and now he boards – uh, Nazem Kadri 90 seconds into game three. So it's kind of like, yeah, what'd you expect? Now, Evander Kane had been cleaner in this run with the Oilers. You thought maybe like this was kind of, I don't want to say his last chance, but a, a, a chance for him to kind of 
wipe the slate clean. He doesn't sign with the team until over midway through the season, and he's playing really well with them. Maybe it was kind of a come-to-Jesus thing for Evander Kane. And, he, and, you know, he'd been clean, uh, but I guess, you know, you can't teach a new uh, an old dog new tricks. And Evander Kane is up to his old tricks. And, uh, yeah, he's suspended tonight. A lot of people here in Denver think it should be longer than one game. But this is the first suspension of the playoffs. It seems like the NHL wants their stars out there. Uh, but considering that the Avs are up 3-0, I think the NHL finally said, okay, this series is over. I mean, uh, looking at some of the probabilities, there's a 98% chance that the Avs are going to win this series now. Uh, so I think that the NHL thought, okay, now is a time where we can send a message. And what do you have to seriously to get two games? Do you, do you have to chop someone's head off at this point? Yeah, I mean, that's what you have to do. Like, Mar you probably don't remember this because you might not have even been born. But Marty McSorley, did you ever hear about him? He's with the Kings at the time. Just there was a breakaway, went up and just from behind took his stick and knocked the dude down with his, in the head. And he got like, mm -hmm. you know, like a year suspension or something. But this is just about as dangerous as it gets, man. In a one game, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, well, they want their stars out there is the read I get. I thought David Perron had like four suspendable offenses in uh, what that game three or four against the Avs and mm -hmm. nothing. Jared Spurgeon cross-checked uh, Tory Krug clear in his ankle. Like how it was a, if you watch the replay of that back to that Blues Wild series, that was like that was as blatant of a dirty cross-check as you could get to a dude's ankle. But no, nope, he gets away with it. I think the, the NHL, they want their stars out there right now. That's the only read I can make on it at least. I don't get it. I, even that, it doesn't make it right. Is Evander Kane really bringing viewers in? Come on. No, but he adds to the overall pie of the Oilers, and if you want it to be as yeah. dramatic a game as you can get, there's there's that. And again, I'm trying to rationalize something that doesn't make any sense. Right. That doesn't. So let's stop doing that then. Uh, two players I want to talk to you about. We were waiting for Miko the Freako Rantanen to get going. He's gotten going. And then what's gotten into JT Comfort, man? This dude is having a spectacular postseason and a great series. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, part of the reason why, uh, you know, a lot of people have liked the Avs to win the Cup for a while now. Uh, I mean, Miko Rantanen needed to be the Leon Dreisaitl to McKinnon's Connor McDavid, and he's done that. And by the way, that's another reason I feel like the Avs closed it out tonight. You know, a lot of people in Edmonton are saying that uh, McKinnon slew-footed Leon Dreisaitl on that play along the boards where Dreisaitl went down. If it was, it was accidental to me when I watched that replay. McKinnon's just trying to get position on a loose puck and, and make a play on it. Uh, either way, though, that play did, you, I mean, it was noticeable. That hurt Leon Dreisaitl. He was not the same player the rest of the game. He was slow. Uh, he was not moving like he normally does, so that's another reason tonight to, to, to fade the Oilers, you would think. But uh, Miko is, you know, four, four goals in his last four games now, and, you know, even the empty net goal in game three was a great effort to dive and keep a puck out of the offensive zone in the six-on-five late, and then he ends up getting the empty netter shortly thereafter. Uh, goals in game one and two were legit. It was an empty netter in game six against the Blues that was pretty easy, but it got him going. And sometimes you just need that feel. And so now four goals in the last four games. And then JT Comfer, I mean, you know, a lot of people might forget that he is one of the few remaining pieces, along with Nico, along with McKinnon, Landis Gog, and Eric Johnson from the 48-point season. JT Comfer is the other guy who was on the 48-point team. You know, that was he was like a 21-year-old kid back then. And, yeah, he's had his downs. 
but he's had his ups. He's a sneaky player. Like, there is a reason that he's getting $3.5 million per year. JT Comfer has this in him. So, uh, five goals in his last four games now. Uh, I mean, he's a third-line guy that can pop like that. So, uh, the abs are really clicking, especially when you look at that fourth line with uh, O'Connor, Helm, and Cogliano. They work hard. They work really hard. So, this really is a good four-line deep team. Okay, so let's talk about betting here. You and I like the money line. The total here is seven, juice of the over plus 110. I mean, I, I'm scared at this point. The defense been so good for the Az. We could obviously see them explode. Wouldn't shock me if the Oilers had a good game and Franco's just, you know, went back to being middling. I'm off of the total. Any thoughts on the total? And then what are your best bets? Yeah, I... I... It's, it's, it's weird, you know, after game one, you would have thought that we were just getting so many goals, and we really haven't. Uh, no, uh, the last two games, a four-goal game and a six-goal game. So, you know, there was one parlay where I took an alternate total of over five and a half, so I was pretty happy about that Miko empty netter, but it was at, like, minus 245. You know, uh, it's tough. <laughs> excuse me. COVID coming up there. For me to see oh, this, this, this game getting to, to seven goals, at the same time, though, I got a sneaky feeling that this is going to go the way of a couple of those uh, Blues games, certainly some of those Predators games, where the Avs can win this thing like 7-3 to three tonight. Now, would it be like that, or would it maybe be more like 5-1 to one or a 4-2 to two like we saw in Game 3? So Avs minus 1.5 is something I like. Even if the Oilers stay in this game, at a certain point, I think their hearts are going to break. I think realization is going to set in that this thing is over. Um, so, as minus one and a half at about plus 170, might be even be a little higher than that. Uh, it's something I like tonight because even if it's close, at a certain point, all it takes is bam, bam, bam. Abs just get a couple in the second, a couple in the third, and realization sets in for the Oilers. Um, but do we get to seven? Not sure. Uh, but as minus one and a half would be that juice bet that I do like tonight. Yeah, the, the last time you were on, we were like, man, there's no way that McKinnon isn't getting more than four and a half shots. That gave me at 11. Remember game one, he didn't yep. really do too much. Any player props here? Um, A lot of them, you know, I, I mean, I was looking at Kale McCarr over two and a half shots on mm -hmm. goal because I do think that this is a, a game where Kale is going to control from the back end. And, you know, his shots on goal totals weren't great in the St. Louis series, but they have better forechecking forwards. They have better defensive forwards than... Edmonton so there's been a lot more time and a lot more space for Kale to operate but that's coming in at about minus 180 uh but Kale over two and a half shots on goal like when I'm projecting like at least logically what makes sense the way that these two teams play that's something that makes sense to me tonight um so so you could do that I mean you could get back on my Lekin in over half a point train it didn't happen in uh in game three which means we're due because it hit in games one and two and it comes in at about minus 105 you know, Lekkonen mixes in on that top line, the second line, and the third line. Mm -hmm. Especially with Nazem Kadri out, he might get power play one minutes. Uh, so, Lekkonen, a jack-of-all-trades to get a point at minus 105 is a bet that I don't hate either. Ooh, okay. And as we're talking, the total just went from seven to six and a half. Doesn't well, change my mind on it. I'm going to bet it live. It's Now it's a trap. The money came in and moved it down. That's odd this. that money is finally coming in on the under. It took four games. It's finally coming in on the under. Well, now I want to bet the over because the money's coming in there, but I'm not, it's just not going to do that. It's long-term. It's not a strategy that I think is going to win just to spite bet the money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
This could be one of those F7-3 games. Uh, I'll bet it live then. I'll bet the total live. You and I are both on the uh, money line then tonight. And I'll, yeah. I'll look into Lekkonen too. But uh, plug everything you do, how they can catch you after the game tonight. And then I'm sure we'll talk again soon because the Avs are going to the cup finals. Yeah, Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5, uh, between the pipes, about 20 to 30 minutes after the network postgame show. Uh, we'll do some pregame shows on the station. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Mark A. Mark, and, and you'll learn more. Do it. He's got some good snarky tweets out there, too, during the game. I enjoy that. Mark Springer, my pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much for the time, and I hope your boys bring it home tonight. Anytime, Holden. Let's finish it out. All right. Mark Springer. Uh, when I come back, I want to talk about Tim Tebow being a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. We're going to do that. And then the NBA Finals. Next, on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Right, let's wrap things up with the NBA Finals lines on Bet Rivers. Talk a little Tim Tebow, too. NBA Finals, though. 1-1 series tie now. Warriors over the Celtics yesterday. 107-88. A huge third quarter. Uh, Jordan Poole, it was basically a three-pointer from, from half court. To end the third, a 35-14 blowout in the third quarter. Very interesting trend here. So road teams that are up 1-0 in the NBA Finals, road teams that win game one are now 3-15 in game two. So it's not going to help you out right now, but I saw that stat coming into it, and I still didn't tail it. I'm like, all right, so that's a, it's a trend. What does it have to do with this year? But it is interesting. 18 games, and the road team that's up 1-0 has lost 15 of them. Woo! Uh, one other thing from last night's game, Jalen Brown says he felt like Draymond Green tried to pull his pants down. And as we all know, a uh, series does not start until a player pulls another player's pants down. But Draymond went nuts. I mean, he was pushing dudes out of the way. He tackled a guy, apparently trying to pants Jalen Brown on the court. I mean, this is, this is getting out of hand, Draymond Green. Uh, Warriors covered last night. They had four and a half point home favorite. It went under 213 and a half. What is that? 195 points. So... You got the Warriors in the under last night. Series tied 1-1, moving to Boston. Game three Wednesday night. Here are the lines on Bet Rivers. Warriors plus 3.5, minus 109. Celtics minus 3.5, minus 112. Celtics minus 159 in the money line, plus 135 for the Warriors, 212.5. So it comes down a point. The total comes down one point. Uh, I will preview this series in depth, in depth, or this game, game number three, uh, coming up later on in the week. No place as of yet for game three of the NBA Finals. And lastly, when I moved here, um, when I moved here, there was a house that I toured years and years and years ago. And uh, it was a Tim Tebow, there was a Tim Tebow full wall mural. And then the next room I went into, there was a gigantic, I don't even know what you call it. It was like, it was like a religious experience. They had a, a Tebow um, a Tebow picture with a football and all sorts of interesting. It was just, it, it was a lot. It was a lot to see. A lot of Tim Tebow in this house. Um, but Tim Tebow, Alex Smith, Ryan Leaf highlighting first-time candidates on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. 
uh, 80 players, nine coaches from FBS, 96 players, 33 coaches from the divisional ranks. But Tip Tebow should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't care what you think about him in the NFL. I mean, I thought, you know, he stunk as a quarterback. But he led Florida to two championships. He was the first sophomore to win the Heisman. That was back in 2007. Three-time SEC Player of the Year. 28 school records set. Uh, Tim Tebow, if he's not the greatest college quarterback of all time, he's got to be right there in the conversation. Uh, Alex Smith, he was terrific. Ryan Leaf, <laughs> if you weren't alive back at the time, late 90s, Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning were the two best college quarterbacks that year. A lot of people had Ryan Leaf as the guy that was going to be the Peyton Manning going forward. But Leaf had some issues, as uh, many of you know. Peyton Manning turned out to be the much better pick. And uh, can you believe being the general manager that took Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning in that draft? Anyways, the newest inductees will be announced early 2023. Recap on the best bet here. It is the Avs money line. The Avs money line. Uh, and then I set the imaginary line of Sam Walton uh, getting the team from what? Like uh, minus, what was it? 500 to minus 5,000. So we'll just move the line there. Thanks to our producer, Stephen Young. Thanks to Mark Springer for joining me. And thanks for checking out the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers.